Yeah, I'd like to see. Great, great question. Great answer. I'm sorry. Great question. Yep. Of course, it's a great question. <laughs> Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 125 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always... The lieutenant of logoed lava lamps, the one and only <laughs> Dr. Kirby Hossman. Kirby, how the hell are you this fine morning? Oh, man, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm a little bit like my phone. I'm about half charged, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit early this morning as we're recording this. Uh, but yeah, I'm doing well and excited to take on the day. How about you? You know, uh, Kirby, if I were any better, I'd be you. I'm doing well. <laughs> Things are hopping, which is always a good thing, and there's just a lot of good work being done. But you know who really does some great work, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? Oh, that'd be the good folks at Chameleon-like. You know, we talked about them last week about how they really like to match creativity with process, which I think is a very cool value proposition. But one of the things they really do is that they really like to represent the perfect combination of New York fashion edge and California cool. Hmm. And and I really love that. You know, that's kind of a really cool hybrid there. When you look at journals, notebooks, gift boxes, folders, they know what they do. They love what they do. If you want a T-shirt or a mug or or the newest uh, Bluetooth speaker, hey, don't call Chameleon-like. Don't. (laughs) Just don't do it. They don't have that stuff. They do, however, have the coolest journals, notebooks, gift boxes, and folders in the industry. Yeah, they absolutely do. And, you know, it's so funny. I I find that my clients are looking more and more. It, it almost feels old school, but it's very current, at least in the what I'm seeing with uh, the trends with my clients is they're really into the journal books and those sort of things. Well, I think they're into the journal books, and I think clients are really into packaging right now. It's yeah. not just... It's not just the promo, it's how that promo is delivered, and you can really make a mark and create surprise, delight, and almost a culture of wow by yeah. making sure that the, the promotional products that are delivered to the end user are packaged properly. So if you'd like to learn more, and of course you would want to, go ahead and head over to chameleonlike.com. Pierre and Alex will take good care of you. They'll work on any project you have, and they would love to do that. Awesome. All right, Kirby, are you ready to broadcast at a titanium level today? (laughs) You you, you said you were going to strive for it last week. I'm not sure you hit it. Are you ready to go ahead and try this morning, even though you got a half tank? Yeah, I'm going to go after it. I'm going to try not to mention Maneater. Please don't. It is the worst song. (laughs) That that sent me in such deep hypnosis last week. I still haven't recovered. Fair enough. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and start with something that's outside our industry, Kirby. Okay. So uh, earlier this week, uh, in fact, as we're recording this, it was yesterday, but earlier this week, Stan Lee passed away. Yep. Uh, Stan Lee, the creator of so many of the Marvel uh, characters and comics that we all know and love, the Thor, the Spider-Man, the Iron Man, Captain America. He passed away this week at the ripe old age of 95, and, and yeah. what, a, what an incredible life to have lived when you hit 95, right? Right. And it made me think of, you know, that's a cultural icon. He, he certainly, sure. especially in the last 20 years as the Marvel movies and the brand that they have became such so uh, mainstream. I wanted to think about what cu- cultural icons will you really, will, will just hit you deeply. Because I was looking at Facebook yesterday and there were a couple friends of ours, some mutual friends we have in 
while I was certainly bummed that Stan Lee passed away, it didn't just like it wasn't a gut punch. Right, right, right. But I look at someone who's a very good friend of ours, like a Rick Green, and that was a mm. huge gut punch to Rick. Yeah, so I can I was, see that. So I was thinking, Kirby, when you think of cultural icons, and it could be in any part of our pop popular culture, what cultural icons will really make you mourn when they pass away? And I've got some if you'd like me to go or if you want to go ahead and, and fire away. Yeah, no, I, you know, I think I'll, I'll be curious to hear yours because right off the top of my head, when I think about culture icons, and my hope is that none, you know, these folks don't pass away, sure. but anytime soon. But uh, somebody like a Bruce Springsteen mm-hmm. will probably be one of the ones that it, it kind of rocks you because it's just music that um, has uh, certainly been with me. Uh, Jimmy Buffett mm-hmm. certainly will be another one that pops into my head. Uh, Richard Branson. I guess would be another one that that yep. just comes to mind when when you mention cultural icons. So those are three right off the top of my head, but I'm super curious to hear yours. So obviously, being the starter of this topic, I have the advantage because I did think about it a little bit. <laughs> I know most people will think that one of the ones I'll say, and I will, but it's not the first one. I think the first one that's really going to give me uh, the gut punch is Paul McCartney. Mm, um, yeah, I, I grew up and still am a huge Beatles fan, and the the gift of music that he's given me over the years has been nothing short of of amazing. Um, of course, Eddie Van Halen. Um, sure. When when he when he passes away, that's going to be a tough one. Um, I remember when Stevie Ray Vaughan died. I remember when that happened in in 1989. That I was. I was gutted for a couple days. Yeah. Um, but one outside of music, so many of mine are music-based. Um, yeah. Stephen King. Um, mm. I do love myself some Stephen King. I know a lot of people don't think he's that good of a writer. I would I would absolutely and patently disagree. Right. I think he is, not, not if not the greatest writer of our generation, one of the greatest writers of our generation, certainly prolific. Um, it's not just horror stuff. He writes some things that are very thought-provoking, and that that one will be a tough one. And then um, I thought of one of my mentors, um, actually. So I guess that's not a pop culture one. Yeah. Uh, so it's a promo pop culture one. <laughs> okay. um, when, um, when Mark Simon from Halo, and gosh, I hope that does many, 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 many years away, right? Yeah. But I learned so much from Mark, and I, so let's let's flip that script. I'd love to hear, you know, who in the industry when when you know their time has come, um, will you really more that that one will be a gut punch to me. I went through wars with Mark, uh, metaphorically, obviously, with the Halo bankruptcy, and you know he was always very, very tough on me, very demanding of me, and always expected my best, even when I didn't know what my best was. So that that one will be a tough one for me. Yeah, no, that's fair. I, you know, I think, you know, it's funny that you you mentioned the author. I, I remember uh, several years ago, Robert Parker. And again, the, if you don't follow, you know, kind of fiction novels, Robert Parker is certainly not Stephen King, but I, he wrote the Spencer novels. Right. So, uh, and like literally I read every single one of the Spencer novels and I remember when he passed away, um, like that was like, oh, what am I going to do? Right. (laughs) You you know? Um, So that, that one did pop into my head. You know, I think from the industry, it's, it's tough in the sense that, um, just because I, you know, like kind of what you just did, you don't want to like forecast no, somebody's passing, no. of course. But um, I think one of the ones that pops into my head that's been uh, just super impactful to me is Paul Kiwi. That's um, great. Yeah. 
Yeah, so he has been, and again, not, not specifically a mentor, more of a hero. And mm-hmm. so I think uh, that's one that pops in my head right away. No, those are really, uh, that's a good one. And again, to, to echo what you said, it's not foreshadowing any sort of misfortune. It's more of a, you know, we, you know it's one of those things, it's like, uh, you, you expect your grandmother to die. She's sick, she's ill, it's been a long time, but then when it happens, uh, when it finally happens, it's still a gut punch. It still is like, oh, wow, it just happened. Um, and uh, I, I just was thinking, again, you know, Stan Lee was 95, so it shouldn't come to a shock to anybody that he passed away. I mean, you know, 95 is a wonderful life. I mean, that's a huge, long life. So it shouldn't be a ginormous surprise that he passed away, but I think it's one of those things. You don't necessarily expect it. You know it's going to happen, but when it happens, it's still one of those gut punches. And I thought it was interesting, the the answers you had um, for yours. So uh, there's that topic, Kirby, in... um, yeah, and, and you know, I think your 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 point is exactly right. If, with the Stan Lee thing, it it really is. I, I think to when my my grandmother passed away, she was sick for a long time, and so that you know, but when it happened, you're like, oh, yeah, it, it's final. And so yeah, I totally totally agree. Awesome. Well, do you have a topic for us, Kirby? Yeah. Um. So this is also outside of the industry, but uh, and I'll try and tie it. But the I've been paying attention, you know, obviously you know that I'm a big sports fan. Um, I do and, know this. Yeah, right? And so um, in my morning routine, you also know that I tend to spend it on the treadmill, and it's the one place where I actually do watch like ESPN or something like right. that. And there's one uh, basketball superstar, Car- Carmelo Anthony, is mm-hmm. just at least as we record this on the Houston Rockets. And if you follow basketball at all, Carmelo's been with Denver. He's been with he's been with um, New York. He's one of those guys who's a prolific sp- scorer. Came into the league at the same time as LeBron James, but he's never been like on a great team. And I think partially, you know, it's one of those things where you start going, well, if so many times you're thinking, well, if he only had the right mix, mm-hmm. right, he would be great. But what I've found is every place that guy goes, they get worse. Yeah. Uh, and um, it reminds me that culture and teamwork are so, like, I wouldn't say more important than talent, but man, they are just as important as talent because he is a talented guy that everybody acknowledges can score but doesn't play defense. And I mean, literally, the Houston Rockets were one game away from the NBA Finals last year, and they're they're a dumpster fire this year with him. Yeah. So. And I'm not saying it's him, but I'm not saying it's not. I, and so, I, to tie it to the business world, yeah. culture. Okay, I am saying it's Carmelo Anthony. Um, <laughs> I, am, I am not a huge basketball fan. I, I, I you know observe it very casually. I think my stance on professional basketball is very well known. Um, you give each team 80 points, let them play for two minutes, and I guarantee you 97% of the outcomes would be exactly what they would be playing a full game. So I just don't enjoy basketball. I appreciate the athleticism and so on and so forth. But Carmelo Anthony has been that kind of guy, right? He's bounced around from team to team to team, and he is one of those people, and I'll get to your point in a minute about culture, so don't let me forget. Um, But he's one of those guys who he trades on the promise. Yeah. He's always about the potential. Um, He is... He is a fairly prolific scorer. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, you bounce from one team to another to another, and now he's out, you know, looking looking for another team. 
you know, at some point, what is the common denominator? And, and right. you know, I can always tie everything back to Van Halen, which I'll do right now. <laughs> of course. You know, Van Halen has gone through a, a myriad of singers. And every time, you know, when David Lee Roth left, Eddie Van Halen was like, oh, you know, it was terrible working with him. He couldn't sing. Now we finally got a musician in the band and Sammy Hagar. They have great success with Sammy Hagar. They boot Sammy out of the band or Sammy quits, depending on who you ask. And, oh, you know, we couldn't work with that guy. He had a terrible work ethic. Um, and so now we've got Gary Sharon, um, who, who's my brother, who Gary Sharon was in a, in a band called Extreme. Um, Gary Schroen made one album with him. They they let him go because it wasn't popular. And, hey, you know, it just didn't work out. And, and now we're bringing Dave back. And now, now we're going to bring Sammy back. And at some point, it's not the singers. At some point, it's you. Yeah. And, and I think that's where Carmelo Anthony needs to kind of look in the mirror and say, hey, maybe it's me. So back to your point about culture, Kirby, I do think culture trumps everything. Um, mm. I don't care how talented you are. Um, I, if you're bad for the culture, if you're a poison pill, that is not a good situation for anyone. I've been in work situations, and I'm sure you have too, where someone might be very, very talented and have a lot of uh, good good sales skills or good marketing skills or good customer service skills, but they're just a cancer on the organization. Yeah. And and that's, that's one of the harder management things one has to confront when yeah. you're looking at it. How do you how do you handle that? To me, culture trumps everything. And I will I, I can't have a culture killer in the organization. And so I, w- I would do everything I could to usher that person either in a different seat on the bus so they wouldn't be a culture killer mm. or usher them out of the organization so they can go be a culture killer somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it, it, for whatever reason, I, it, he's one of those guys. And, and every time it comes up, I think he, you know, he's like friends with LeBron James and you know, the, all those guys came up together. And so every time it comes up, they're like, you know, well, should Carmelo go play with LeBron? And I'm like, LeBron is the anti Carmelo. Right. Like, you know what I mean? He plays defense. He passes first. He's a good teammate. <laughs> like, I'm like, why would he want Carmelo on the team? It's just, it's one of those. But again, to your point, he's he's got that potential. He's, he's a scorer and he's this and he's that. But it, every place he goes, they get, they're not good. <laughs> well, we do that in the business world too. I mean, we could yeah. point to people in our industry, and I'm not going to name any names, but they bounce around from company to company to company because they're either well-known or they have the quote-unquote potential. And... 18 months later, they're going somewhere else. Yeah. And, and it's not because they're bad people. It's just they just haven't found their place yet. Right. I, and I'm not saying Carmelo Anthony's a bad guy. I've never met him. I don't know him. But he certainly just seems – he strikes me as the type of person who's not happy unless he's a little bit unhappy. And that's a, that's a <laughs> tough person to, uh, to try to win games with. Yeah, fair. Cool. All right, Kirby. So I don't know – if, I got a couple couple ones here. They might be quick, so I'm kind of all over the map today. Sure. So Pyramid Awards from PPAI. Okay. You're familiar with this. They give out Fine. Pyramid Awards every year. Um, that's coming up at PPAI Expo. I wanted to know, you know what the categories are, I think, pretty much for the most part, right? I, I think so, yeah. What awards aren't in our industry that you'd like to see? What would how would how What people would you like to see recognized in our industry? From an award perspective, or an award category perspective, so not necessarily people. Yeah, I'm right. thinking award categories. Hmm. Uh, 
That is a great one. Um, it's a tough one, too. Yeah. So I, I know two, you're two flying t- blind a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'll give you two that pop into my head. And, and, and candidly, this may be one of those moments where somebody's like, oh, we have that category. Right. And so if that's the case, I apologize um, because obviously I am flying blind. But the one that pops into my head is, and, and again, consider my bias here, but some sort of interview or video series. Mm-hmm. Um, like Because like I'll give you an example is DMJ has been up for awards for PPAI, Delivering Marketing Joy. Yeah. But it's not, it doesn't really fit in any of the categories, right. and they've we've gotten an award for it. But I also understand why it wouldn't be top choice because it's not really doesn't fit in a box right. for them. So that's one. But I think there's value for that within right. our industry. Number two, um, multi line. Mm-hmm. Some sort of multi-line rep or organization award. I think again, one of the things, um, and I guess you could make it service award or service provider. But right. I think so many times with multi-line reps, it's like you got suppliers, you got distributors, but multi-line reps play such a huge. Uh, part in our industry and the best it's so interesting to me because i think there's such a big difference between the best and the worst mm-hmm. uh of them but i it, some way to recognize those who are multi-line reps in our industry that th- that pops into my head yeah i'd like to see great great question great answer i'm sorry great question of yep. course it's a great question <laughs> um no what i'd like to see some of the uh the categories get a refresh um, right so like for example it's a, it's under technology. Um, you have blogs, podcasts, and digital digital news. That's one category. To me, right. first of all, those aren't technology categories. Maybe right. di- maybe digital news is, but uh, I'd like to see a whole content overall yeah. category where you have blogs, vlogs, podcasts, video. You know, content has exploded so much. And, and Kirby, you were one of the pioneers of that. So you you definitely, you know, the, I think the award should be named the Kirby Hossaman Award, oh, frankly. Stop. <laughs> I do. Um, man, my voice cracked like Peter Brady. I do. Um, I, I do. I think, I think that would be very – I think we need to recognize those content providers um, uh, and the people who write content individually. Right. Who who gives the most value? I think that's a very I think that's a category that that's missed. Yeah, and if I may, I, may. I, I, the the other thing I would say is is like how is it um, judged? I remember, and the reason I say that is I remember some of the folks who won at one point, and I'm like, oh. Well, that those are like product videos, mm-hmm. like, and that's totally fine. Yeah. But if that's all you're creating, then I would argue that you're not providing a ton of con- uh, value in that. And so, I, it, the other piece is like, who's judging it, right? Like, yeah. so are, are those people who are um, content creators judging the content? Uh, generally, they might be, they might not. So I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've judged a couple of the the, okay. uh, the awards. Generally, you're on a, a group, which. You don't even know who the other members of the group are. Okay. You, you get an email um, from PPAI, and there are you know you click here and you go look at this piece of content or this website or, or whatever the category is, and they give you a scoring they give you a scoring criteria, and I think okay. there's available 100 points. So, um, I you know it's one of those things I wouldn't want to. I'm certainly not denigrating PPAI here. I no, would, yeah. I would not want to run this event or uh, run the, <laughs> run the awards. But I do think I think it would be a good time to kind of look at, you know, where the categories are, what they really mean. Uh, do podcasts, blogs, and digital news really need to be combined into one one um, 
category, I would say no. Um, so right. the, the, it's just one of those things. It's it's it it gets really big and icky, but and, and they do a good job at it. But yeah, it's they one do. Of those, it's one of those things. I mean, I go back to. Uh, you know, and you you know this story. When I was at Brandivate, um, I submitted for the Brandivate blog, and mm-hmm. I was one of two people, you being the other one, really producing content that was giving. Right? I wasn't right. trying to sell anything, and I remember being a little bummed that I didn't win a Pyramid Award. In in the blogs that did, were all selling something. Yeah, it was all overt sales, and it was like. And, and maybe it was just the wrong time, or maybe I filled out the wrong. It just I remember this just doesn't feel right. Um, so I, I do think they do a good job. Having said that, I do think they do a really good job trying the best they can to really make it as fair for everybody. But I do think there's some awards that are missed, and and so I'd like to see the categories separated out a little bit. Sure. Um, and then I'd, I'd also like to see you know more. Well, there's some individual awards like Woman of Distinction and things like that, which are great. I'd like to see those. I'd see, see you know what companies are really pushing diversity. Why aren't we awarding companies that? Whether it's women mm-hmm. or people of of, of different races. Um, initiatives like that, I think that would be very interesting to, to really recognize companies that are doing that as opposed to um, just recognizing individuals. Hmm, yeah, those are, I, I like that. That's good stuff. Cool. Got another topic, Curb? Yeah, I'll, I'll go right to it uh, just because you kind of went into PPAI. Um, all of a sudden in the last couple of weeks, it's been big time on my radar and partially because they've been promoting it, but Expo is coming, right? And, and Right around you know, the corner. Right around the corner, and uh, and my you know my flights have been booked, and I'm you know it's it's this time of year that I get excited about that. Um, so I, I guess I'm starting to get excited. I'm starting to make my plans. I'm starting to fill out you know my calendar for the week, getting emails about that. I'm getting excited. Are you? I guess that's my question. Yes. <laughs> good topic. Yeah, it was a good topic. Uh, no, I, I I am. You know, we are we are in the we had a, a good team meeting yesterday, kind of putting together what the booth looks. Like. We know what the booth looks like, but now getting the minutia of the booth and the mechanics of it and all those things. I get excited about it. I always get anxious, especially now that I have a booth. Um, right. you know, for so many years, I was much like you. I was the distributor, and I attended the show. Now that I have a booth, I do white knuckle a little bit. How does it going to work? Is it going to work the way I want it to? Um, you know, this year what we're doing, I think I, you know, I mentioned to you, I think it's interesting. We, we ran a little contest where distributors nominated themselves for a, um, a uh, logo and brand makeover. And yeah. so we are in the process of selecting the two winners. One will be announced Tuesday at 1130 and one will be announced Wednesday at 1130 at our booth. And they're going to get a new logo. A new marketing plan. They're going to get uh, one year of our Promo Plus uh, product here at at, uh, Promo Corner, which helps distributors market their identity and grow their business. So it's a good value, but I mean, it's one of those things. I am not, I've made the decision that the winners, for lack of a better term, are not going to see their logo or brand until that unveil at my booth. And so <laughs> it's a white knuckle moment because they may really hate it. They may think this is <laughs> terrible. And, um, so I am excited. I'm anxious, though, too. Um, mm. So much like you, it's, it's funny. So as soon as that email came out, I don't know, a month and a half ago, I'm one of those people, I'll just go ahead and register now and be done. <laughs> yeah, and right. I, I hit, hit register, and I got an email back from Tol Kincaid at PPAI about four minutes later. And he goes, Bill, congratulations. You are the first person in the industry to actually register for Expo. <laughs> And I emailed him back, and I said, the first person like on the service provider side, he goes, no, 
first person in the industry. <laughs> and and so I don't know if that's See, something. there's an award. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's something I should be proud of or ashamed by. You know, I don't I don't know what what that is, but I guess it speaks to the type of person that I am. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's funny. Cool. Hey, let's do a real quick one before we launch into fill yeah. in the blank. So I want to talk about the plastic straw debate real quick. Okay. <laughs> I do. Because this, this, you know, we talked earlier about how the uh, quote-unquote wonderful Hall Notes song, Man Eater, sends me into hypnosis. This sure. this debate sends me into hypnosis. Oh, big time. So, like, I'm going to have very little topic to give on this, but okay. I'll, I'll do my best. So, so just quick. Quick 15-second background, there's been a big movement in the United States, much like there was, I'd say, five or ten years ago, and that's still moving, to get rid of plastic grocery bags. So the latest thing is let's get rid of plastic straws. They're killing dolphins and turtles and all sorts of sea creatures. Um, And so one of the bigger promo pushes lately has been these reusable metal straws. Mm-hmm. That you got to wash out, and it's a great product if that's something that that means something to you. I don't want to denigrate that product at all, but Kirby, tell me what you think about the plastic straw debate. <laughs> okay, so yeah, this is one of those things that uh, obviously in I am not by one of the coasts, mm-hmm. and so I don't see any of the issues with the you know straws firsthand. Um, so a couple of my, my thoughts are number one, I don't like straws. <laughs> I don't like straws at all. Okay. Uh, I don't use straws. Um, and one of the things I've said is there is no way for a guy to look manly while using a straw. I made that decision in high school. And so I did not, I just don't use straws at all. Right. Uh, so I am not contributing as a rule to any issues with plastic straws. Okay. Um, I think the idea of a reusable straw is gross. Okay. Like that, that like, and so I'm not the target market. I recognize that, but like the idea of putting a a straw in the dishwasher, I'm I'm I just won't do that. Um, so not again, like you said, not to denigrate the product, but I'm not the target market. Um, so yeah, this is one of those those uh, topics that I you know the whole thing. I'm not. I'm probably not the guy that the whole thing is built around, and so right. I'm not I'm not into the straw. Okay. No, I get that. Um, I understand what the straw is trying to represent. Uh, you know, obviously plastics uh, that are discarded, they, they do harm the environment. Um, but uh, I, don't, I don't know if plastic straws are really contributing that much to it. I just find it very interesting how we as a society latch on to the most innocuous thing <laughs> on the planet and decide that that's now evil. Um, you know, I, <laughs> yeah. I actually took a picture the other day at my neighborhood Kroger, which is the grocery store I frequent, and there was in a bin – um, as I walked in, you know, they have bins of, you know, whatever product was on sale and there were plastic straws, like a hundred plastic straws for a, a dollar each. Okay. And I took a picture of it and I posted it and it said instruments of death. Um, <laughs> so, um, I don't know. I mean, I think anytime you try to, to do good for the environment, it's a good thing, but I got to believe there's better places we can start. At least yeah. that's my opinion. Yeah, well, I guess that your point is incredibly well taken. Is that sometimes it's like, yeah, okay, there's something, but is there anything that as a culture we could spend our energy, energy and time on and get more of a return? My yeah. guess is yes. Yeah, I know the intention. <laughs> I know the intention is good, but as my dad once said, and I know it's not his quote, so but I'll, I'll attribute it to him: the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Yeah, cool. So Kirby, 
Do you like selling badges, or is that kind of a pain for you? I, I think it's kind of a pain, really. Well, I'm glad. I'm, I'm sorry you feel that way, but I'm glad that I'm able right here, right now, on this very platinum level broadcast, to tell you about a solution to help you sell badges and sell them easily. Because wouldn't you like an easy way to sell badges? I would, Bill. And honestly, you know it. I, I, honestly, just about every uh, seg- market segment does sell you uh, does use badges. Right, and it's one of those things when there's employee turnover, it's an it's an annuity type project. But I know we the good people at Vault Promotions and Josh Robbins and his team, they understand that um, it's a pain point for distributors. Yeah. It really is. Um, you, they, they know it's something that everybody avoids. I don't want to deal with that. It's a pain in the ass. Um, but we all, they also know your clients are buying it from someone. Why not you? You know, and that totally. that helps kind of drive your relationship as well. They've made it easy and profitable with their Badge Vault online release program, and that's really what I wanted to just chat about for 30 seconds here. They buy badges at very low-cost bulk prices, and they release them online one or two at a time as your clients need them. And you know what the best part is, Kirby? What's that, Bill? They build the website for you for free. It's end-user friendly. It's built from the ground up. And then the client can simply administer everything themselves. You give, mm. and, and I do believe that in this day and age, end users want, and anybody buying anything, want as much control over the buying process as they ever have. And so yeah. you give them that control. And until they run low on inventory, then the distributor gets back involved. They hit a new a new PEO, and off they go. It's yep. easy reorders, no admin, no hustle. So they still offer those free setups and uh, free spec samples, free websites, as I mentioned, and a free sample kit. So go ahead and head over to, head over to badgesmakemecrazy.com, which <laughs> I love that website. That is the best awesome. domain name in the history of ever. Yep. Badgesmakemecrazy.com. Go ahead and head over there. Find out how this Badge Vault release program can help you make more money. Kirby, are you ready to hop into fill in the blank? I am ready to hop in, bro. Kirby, do you want to go first? Sure. So it, it's so funny to me how often we are in tune. Yes, sir. So I have a theme uh, for my fill in the blank okay. because because Stan Lee passed away. Yes, he did. So my uh, my. Uh, Fill in the blanks are superhero themed. All right. All right. Are you ready? Yes, sir. All right. Your favorite superhero movies to watch are? Uh, The Batman movies with Christian Bale. I think Mm. those are so incredibly well done. Um, You can almost take the fact that it's a Batman movie out of it. They're, they're They're well written. And they're certainly incredibly well acted. Um, they're, the storylines make sense. They are they move along quickly. They're very good movies to watch. Um, yeah, I, I do like those. As much as I always say, Marvel does the movies better, uh, which they do. Mm-hmm. DC got that one right with the Christian Bale Batman movies. Well, one of the things we've talked about in the past is consistency, yep. right? That's actually one of the ones that they actually <laughs> kept yeah. the same Batman. Absolutely. Yeah, so, Absolutely. yeah, that's a good one. They kept the same look and feel through all three. Yeah. It, was, it was great. All right, Kirby, I also have a theme. Last week, the 1980s theme hit a chord with our audience. <laughs> okay. So now we're going back to the 1970s, Kirby. Oh, Get wow. on your okay. disco roller skates and let's go. Okay. The color you most identify with the 1970s is blank. Purple. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I, again, I, I think it's and, – and keep in mind that – I was pretty young during the 70s, and so I just think back to sort of um, kind of rock and roll, um, but a little bit of hippy-dippy stuff. And so the the uh, 
the purple, and I mean it in a good way. I just think it was a it was a fun time from a music perspective, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, purple is the the color that comes to mind. See, my, the one that came to mind was avocado green because we had an avocado mm, green yeah. refrigerator that was just horrifically <laughs> ugly. All right, Kirby, well, go go ahead. Okay. All right. So I talked about your favorite superhero movie to watch. Yes, sir. Your favorite superhero on TV to watch is or was? Oh, man. That's a that's a good question. I'm going to go with, um, uh, you know, The Flash. Okay. Um, and the only reason is, and it's, it's on TV right now, uh, up until last year, it was kind of must-see TV in our house. Again, you know, two boys who are very superhero-focused. Mm-hmm. Um, we would watch that as a family. Now, okay. it was one of these shows, again, DC Comics does it poorly, so the Flash that plays the Flash on TV is different <laughs> than the one that plays it on the movies, and the two universes don't collide, so it's very confusing. And then the further compound of the storylines on the Flash, a lot of time travel, and you have Earth-1, Earth-2, Earth-3, it gets you know, all these <laughs> parallel Earths, it's very confusing. I mean, talk about sending me straight into hypnosis. But I did really, really enjoy watching that with, with my kids, and so I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for a guy who runs very fast i I like it i i I would throw uh the netflix daredevil i've heard that's good good. i've not yeah it's pretty good so okay kirby kirby (laughs) for me the movie saturday night fever defined the decade of the 1970s the movie that defines the decade of the 70s for you is blank good lord um the the movie that Mm -hmm. defined god i don't i i think and gosh, this is where you're going to beat me up because I'm not sure when movies came out, but I think, I think the first Rocky came out Good in the call. '70s. Yeah, that'd be 1976. Yeah, and that would be my one of my favorite movies. And so I would say, you know, the not only do, was the movie good, the whole series of movies I've enjoyed, and honestly, one of the things I love is the story behind how Sylvester Stallone bet on himself mm-hmm. to to star in the movie and how he turned down offers and sold his dog and bought his dog back. If you haven't had a chance to, to check any of that out, you totally should Google that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I would go with 70s movie Rocky. Good. You know, I'm not going to beat you up. I'm just going to do this Ivan Drago impression just for you. <laughs> I must break you. <laughs> That's 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 pretty good, man. That's go. really good. All right. Okay. All right. The superhero you would most likely want to hang out with is uh, Green Lantern. No, no, oh. Oh, no. Let's go Iron Man. Let's go Iron okay. Man. Okay, uh, that was what I thought you'd say. Yeah, I'd say Iron Man. I could hang out with Tony Stark. I think. Um, yeah. I I think uh, the sar- oh, he he and I would have a sarcasm off. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'd lose in the long run. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, he's got he's got more money. So, well, the reason I said Green Lantern is because uh, DC did produce a Green Lantern movie that was very poorly received, but actually wasn't too bad. And Ryan Reynolds, who plays um, yeah. Deadpool, was in that movie. Very Tony Starkish, very yeah. ser- same, almost the same character of Deadpool, just not X-rated. Yeah. Um, but it was it, so that's that was my first thought because I do kind of have a man crush on Ryan Reynolds. I think yeah. he's a really funny guy, good actor, and all that, but. But really, when I think about it, it would be Tony Stark, Iron Man. Cool. Kirby, the event you remember most about the 1970s was blank. And I know you were young. You keep reminding all of us how young you were. Well, I'm just saying, like, I was, I was like five. Uh, so the, uh, the, oh, the event. You, you could say the event you identify with the 1970s is. Um, Might be easier for you. 
Yeah, no, the event that I identify with the 1970s is... Yeah, I'm totally drawing a blank. Um, I'll help you out. It was the death of Elvis Presley, Kirby, okay. in 1977. Okay, yes. Yeah. When I was th- two or three years old, that is exactly that had a big impact on my life. And uh, the death of Elvis Presley, yeah. final answer. Okay, yeah. Mine was when <laughs> – so mine was that and also when uh, the greatness that was Evil Knievel tried to jump the Snake Canyon River in his rocket and did not make it. I was a huge Evil Knievel fan. Um, still am. So. No, actually, no. That's a good one. I, I do remember Evil Knievel back then. He was kind of a kind of a superhero. All right, all right. Final, more. yeah, final one. So we talked about the one you want to hang out with. Mm-hmm. The superhero you most want to be is. I, I've always had an affinity for Batman. I guess I keep coming back to that. I like yeah. the fact that didn't have any superpowers um, right. other than being rich, which is kind yeah. of a cool superpower. <laughs> but he, he, he um, relied more on guile, more on uh, detective work. You know, the, the, one of his nicknames was the world's greatest detective. Mm. And so I always liked Batman because he was a real person. Um, you know, he didn't have superpowers. He just, right. you know, he'd hurt. Um, so I always, I always, Batman would be the one. I like it. I like it. All right, Kirby, the song Staying Alive makes you feel blank. Oh, I think it, it, it I don't know, it's, it's almost like the, I guess the 70s version of Walking on Sunshine for me. So like Staying Alive is one of those that every time it comes on, it makes me want to kind of get up and move and, and right. kind of puts me in a good mood. So I, I actually like that one a lot. Excellent. Good call. All right, Kirby, a right. little rapid fire for you. Again, these okay. are all from the 1970s. I'm going to give you two choices. You pick one or the okay. other and we move on very quickly. It's very simple. You don't answer any other question other than one or the other. Okay. Kirby, brown or orange? Brown. Bell bottoms or shag carpeting? Bell bottoms. <laughs> roller skates or platform shoes? Uh, roller skates. Bay City Rollers or ABBA? Bay City Rollers. Hamburger Helper or Deviled Eggs? Hamburger Helper. HR Puffin Stuff or Land of the Lost? Land of the Lost. Lava, ro- lava Lamps or Pet Rocks? Lava Lamps. Kool-Aid or Tab? Oh, Kool-Aid for sure. The Brady Bunch or the Partridge Family? Brady Bunch. Greg Cassidy or Sean Cassidy? I'm sorry, David Cassidy or Sean Cassidy? uh, David Cassidy. Greg Brady or Johnny Bravo? Greg Brady. Wrong. They're both the same person, Kirby. Once again, you screwed it up. (laughs) But you know who's never going to screw anything up, Kirby? Who's that, Bill? That'd be the good folks at Chameleon. Like, they understand when they get directions from distributors how to follow them to the T so that they can create surprise and delight to the end-user clients, unlike you, who continually disappoints our audience (laughs) by not following directions. So Chameleon Like is so proud of their ability to match creativity with the process, and we talked about how they combine that New York fashion edge with fashion cool, uh, California cool. Sorry, I said that a little fast. New York fashion edge with California cool. So go ahead and head over to chameleonlike.com. The good folks, Alex and Pierre, are going to take care of you. Kirby, as always, a pleasure to record this podcast with you, and I do think we hit titanium level today. (laughs) We tried. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.